0: This passage always gets me thinking about how Adam was the first farmer. Think about it. Right? You have the plants start to come up in the water. And Adam, the first farmer, was created and was immediately put to work in those fields. Saying, till the fields. Take care of them. Take care of the plants. And then immediately it was seen that it was too much work for one person. So it's first farmer you need help and God to try to give Adam help kept bringing him more livestock which in the eyes of a farmer is just more work imagine that imagine if you're struggling to get all the seed planted and God brings you a baby kitten and God goes, will this baby kitten help you plant your seed no well you've still got to take care of it here you go I'll come back with something else and then God comes back with an ostrich. Will this ostrich help you plant your seed? No? Well, I'll come back with something else, but you still got to take care of it. And then maybe God comes back with a mosquito. You see where this is going, right? I could keep going, right? There's all these things that are saying, like, that's not going to help. That's not what I need. And if we look at it through that lens, we can see what's going on in this story. But that's not really the point that we're going for here. What we're going to be talking about over this last month, as I, as I referenced earlier, is about names. And there's a lot we could focus on in this story, but we're going to focus in on the names because naming is so important. And giving a name to animals is critical to how we understand our relationship to the animal. Here's an example. When, when I was in seminary, there was kind of a, a there was a stray cat that was super friendly that lived that lived by the apartments and a couple times would follow me to class and then went inside the buildings and then follow me back and after about a week or two of this I named her I named her Chloe and the second I named her Chloe she was my cat that's how I felt So we brought her into the apartment, and we go, okay, tomorrow we're going to take her to the vet and just double check that she's not microchipped. Surely she's not, because she's been out here for weeks and weeks and weeks. So we take her to the vet, and she was microchipped. And they called the family, and they go, oh, yeah, that's our cat. We'll come get her. And then I had to say goodbye to Chloe. If it had just been a stray cat that I took to the vet, I probably wouldn't have felt that sad. I mean, I would have been a little sad, but not near as sad as like, well, that's Chloe. That's my cat. Once you name an animal, part of that animal, it becomes, there's a connection that is there. I know a number of people who farm and raise livestock. And if they're raising animals for show, it's not uncommon to name them. But i notice noticed there's usually a comedic element or a bit of a dehumanizing element to the names. Some example, I know one family who would name their cows names like ribeye like, come here, ribeye, or that's ground beef over there, or like, yeah, I'm raising cheeseburger for the show this year. And it would be names like that. At first glance, them it's kind of funny, but it's also a constant reminder, and for kids who are growing up on a farm, they learn that they have to be somewhat detached, knowing that even the animals raised for show then get sold, and they end up going to the slaughterhouse. In our story today, If a cow comes forth to Adam, I don't think Adam's got to say flank steak as the name, right? In our context, we probably say something like cow or cattle, right? We have cattle translated there in, in the scripture. But it does highlight the importance of naming and what the name is because names are integral to identity personally and for relationship between people. Think even like the name brother or sister or dad or son, or daughter, or mother, or any of those types of names that have a very strong relationship component to it, right? Names are also how we introduce ourselves. Would it be weird if I met you for the first time and shook your head, and I said, I'm a man. You'd be like, what is he trying to say? What, what's going on with that guy, right? Or if shook your head and go, I like basketball. And that was how I introduced myself. Would you think I was a little weird, a little off Maybe. You'd be like, why is he just saying basketball? You might say, what's his name? Because often we introduce ourselves, we start with our names. That's how we do it. And sometimes we introduce ourselves with our titles. There are sometimes when I meet someone new, I'll say, hi, I'm Pastor Dan. Or maybe in the context, I'll say Dan Robertson. Or maybe sometimes I'll just be Dan, because when you're out in the world meeting people, and if you use the title as pastor, Oh, there are so many assumptions of all varieties that can be made about who I am and what I believe and what I think and how I act and all of this stuff. There was one time, this is years ago, I was getting a haircut and I just, you know, Dan Robertson is my name to sign and whatever, got a haircut at a new place I'd never been to before. And I was shocked at how, uh, what's the word I want to use here? How open and uh, not PG, the, the person cutting my hair and her coworker what stories they were sharing about their weekend and we'll just kind of leave it there. I was like, you know, like you know, like public place of business, but you're talking about, okay, you know. Um, and she didn't even really make any conversation with me at all for the first 10-15 minutes because they were catching up and talking about a party that they went to and what was going on and all that kind of stuff. So about 10-15 minutes in my haircut's almost over, she's like, So what do you do? I go, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and she goes, she stops cutting my hair. Puts the scissors up down and she, I and she goes, I am so sorry. <laughs> and then she just started like confessing to me, like, I don't usually do that. I don't usually talk this way. I mean, and she was she was using words that would get you like like an R in the movie. I mean, it was just all sorts of stuff. And I'm just kinda like, it's okay, like I just just finish the haircut it would be great. <laughs> you know, like I got somewhere I gotta be, like I really just kinda came in for a haircut. Right, But the names and the title and the connotations with that can have a huge impact into how we immediately relate to other people. And sometimes there are names that we choose and names that we like or that we don't like. Because we've all experienced being called a name that we don't like, right? For me growing up, I wasn't called Dan, I was called Daniel. Because there were two names I was called early on that I hated And don't make me regret telling you this, okay? I hated being called, yeah, Ben, I'm watching you. I hated being called Dan the Man or Danny Manny. Danny Manny's the worst. (laughs) So I told everyone I just wanted to be called Daniel because try to rhyme with Daniel. Can't do it. Don't don't try. That's not really a challenge. (laughs) Right? We don't need to do that banana, whatever that song is right so that's why I chose him with Daniel for a long long time and out of that experience and hearing other people's stories I decided years ago that I'm gonna be very intentional about only calling people by the name that they want me to call them. at least that's my intent so if I meet you and I say do you want me called by this name or by that name you know is it is it Steve or Steven or any of that Then that is where I am coming from and if I make a mistake in the name Please tell me, and just know that it's you know with grace in it because I am human and I absolutely will make mistakes. I'm much better at faces than names, but that's an intentional decision that I've made and that I try to live my life by. And see, and and part of that goes into that that the names that we use or the nicknames or or pet names in relationships says a lot about the relationship, and it says about our current mood. For example, if you call up your spouse and say, "Hey, dear," or "Hi, honey." that sets kind of a tone for the conversation, at least potentially somewhat, right? That's usually gonna be a friendly name of endearment. But if you call up your spouse and say, hey, what's up, temporary cohabitation person? (laughs) Right? Like That gives a very different feel immediately to the conversation, to your relationship, and to how you're feeling about that person. So names are incredibly important. And Adam naming the animals is important is it's establishing right away that relationship that connection between humanity and all of creation now over this next month we're going to continue exploring some of what that means and what that looks like and how names in between people can get into more detail and when god gives us names and all sorts of stuff and oh are you excited about it do you want me yeah i'm excited about it I'm so excited I'm gonna keep preaching about it you know that's not the end of the sermon right that'd be way too short we're gonna keep going right but what we have in this story it's not just an example of name and relationship we actually have the first example in Scripture of God using name and relationship to establish community establishing those relationships first between Adam and the animals and then establishing family between Adam and Eve and this happens first before the rest of the Garden of Eden story, before the part we know about with the fruit and the tree and the serpent and all of that, what happens first is setting community. We see the same thing throughout Scripture repeatedly, although perhaps it's clearest in the Gospels. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, right at the beginning, right? It enters with, with, with John the Baptist, and then we have Jesus is baptized, Jesus is driven into the wilderness, and then Jesus comes back, comes out of the wilderness, and immediately starts his ministry, And pay attention to how he starts it. This is verse 16, chapter 1 of Mark. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. And I am missing the last, the last couple pages of my sermon. Maybe this will be a short one. <laughs> oh, always check the printer before you go. I guess that's the lesson. If not, we're going to come up with something. I don't think it's over there. Okay. Anyway, well, if you finish chapter 19, then Jesus calls the other disciples, and then they go. So Jesus starts his ministry, Jesus saying, I'm not going to do this by myself. I need other people around me. I want other people around me to have the community, to have the relationship. He calls them forth by name to join in. And oftentimes in our world, we can get in our heads or we hear voices saying, why can't we do this on our own? Or aren't you strong enough? Aren't you brave enough? Don't you have the reason? Whatever it is, we try to get in our heads saying, I can do it. I don't need anybody else. And my response scripturally, Jesus got other people. That was the first thing he did. And that is his ministry. It's we are going to do this together as community. Ben, did you find the last page of the sermon? Yeah. Where was it? It was on top of your desk. Oh man. We we did not plan this. I thought I was going pretty good. Let's see how close I was. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Hey, They're they're clapping because now the sermon can go longer. (laughs) All right? So the lesson here, we're just picking right. Look how smooth that was. You can edit this out in video, right, in post-production. Okay. Right? So the lesson here is that community and family established by the gift of Christ and I will make a note that I use the word family here pretty vaguely because we know family can can look and, and, and look in different ways and mean different things and we say like the church family or a neighborhood family or a biological family or whatever it may be but ultimately when I use the word family it's talking about multiple people that are bound together who journey through life together right so the lesson with the family with the community being established by Christ who then become the disciples and then, on that family of the disciples, it becomes the family of the church. And that having this community is absolutely critical to living how God calls us to live and serving how God calls us to serve. Because we can do a whole lot more together than we can apart. And it's the call, both as we have in Mark and in Genesis 2, the call for us to work together, to be partners to journey together, to learn together, to cry together, to celebrate together. That's why we're calling today Celebration Sunday. We're celebrating that we are together. We're celebrating the start of another year of helping each other grow closer to our creator. Whatever our names may be, we are welcome to be here together. Just don't call me Danny or Flankstick. See, I would have forgotten that joke bin without the page, so thank you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.